0: guys welcome to another episode of the free pizza podcast today's guest is Jeremy Hyler creative director enjoy Hey, how you doing? What's up, man? Doing well. You look great today, John. Oh, thank you. You look handsome as hell. Man, I'm <laughs> trying to be like you. <laughs> oh, I'm trying to be like you. I want that beard. <laughs> oh, man. I oh, don't make me blush over here. Anyways, back to you. <laughs> hey, how you doing? Yeah, so tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, why you're here.
1: Uh, well, I'm the creative director and marketing director for PhotoBiz and Zipster, which is located in Greensboro, North Carolina. Yeah. I basically come up with all the design choices uh, with my team of basically how we... Uh, Make our aesthetic look for uh, the public. Um, we're a website platform, so we make websites for small businesses and for photographers. That's okay. our main focus.
0: Okay. Awesome. And obviously, I do a fantastic job with that. If not, go to you and see for yourself or follow our promo link and get a discount off the fees. There you go. Um, <laughs> cool. So let's jump back in time and just see where this creative side of you kind of started. So, can you tell us about that?
1: Uh, I've been creative since the day I was born. Yeah. At least that's what my family always tells me. <laughs> uh, I think when I started in kindergarten, my teachers really noticed that I took a shining to drawing and painting and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. they really wanted me to go into like some more education. But I don't think my parents were able to afford it at the time. Okay. I came, I grew up not very wealthy at all. Yeah. Um, both my parents were working dual jobs throughout the '80s. Oh wow. Um, so it was very tough, you know, growing up as an '80s kid yeah. into, the, into the '90s and. Having that outlet was basically coloring books, and drawing oh. my own characters. Yeah, I was a kid in class, everyone was like, yo, get him to draw the uh, dinosaurs cuz he knew how <laughs> to draw them and then we'll color them. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So that was my uh, growing up. And then I kind of just evolved into um, going into art. I really loved art. I loved drawing, mm-hmm. fine painting. Mm-hmm. Um, Van Gogh was amazing.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely.
1: Uh, but then comic books. Comic books were huge for me. Oh, I yeah. thought i was going to be a comic book artist growing up but yeah i, I liked comics and drawing comics when comics weren't cool okay okay so, <laughs> right right so that wasn't was really help <laughs> you know so I was like you know i'm drawing spider-mans and people are like who cares about that yeah man. what are you doing It was not the cool thing anymore and um now they're
0: awesome right it absolutely <laughs> I, missed the, I missed the boat i always
1: <laughs> say i missed the boat on so many things like uh, yeah. just technology evolving and just uh, pop culture um but yeah i uh Went from fine art and then I stumbled into filmmaking and I kind of just loved it to death for a long time and again I stumbled into marketing. I found that I really loved making uh, videos, mostly commercial work. Mm -hmm. I love commercials because it's telling a story in such a short amount of time and Mm -hmm. you got to engage with clients so quickly and customers. To get you them, get them to buy your product. Yeah, and I've always found that fascinating. Like you can tell a story so short. Like Geico commercials are brilliant, right? Yes, they are. Um, because everyone can remember them. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh, that, that's what I want, and (laughs) I love that about that. And I kind of just stumbled into, creative director, based on my love for telling a story. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome.
0: So when did you get, I guess, your first camera?
1: Oh man, I mean, my parents had cameras kind of growing up, but they were like these little. Point and shoot, cameras. yeah, I, hundred th- hundred. maybe a Polaroid. Yeah, I remember my grandmother had this, you know, back in the 80s. This is one of those heavy duty VHS's that oh you put on your gosh. shoulders. One viewfinder, we I'd always remember they bring it on the v- beach trip, and <laughs> you just be watching yourself when you get home, like, oh man, look at us at the ocean, me building sand castles. That'd be about it. Yeah. so I was always kind of around cameras. But my first camera my parents ever bought me was probably in high school, right before I decided to go to college. Um, they got me a VHS C camera, oh which oh my god. Uh, it was four hundred bucks probably and it was I would just film my friends and I would yeah. just filming around trying to tell stories like and then try to cut it together in camera.
0: Dude that's sick. So were you making like so were you making scripts for your friends? Were they kind of just like a day-in-the-life, very routine kind of thing? Very day-in-the-life. Okay. It was sure.
1: mostly just like, hey, uh, in this scene, I want you running down the hall. Okay, yeah, so you kind
0: of <laughs> sort of had like a hand in, like, yeah. you know, whatever, you're making like short little films and stuff. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's all it was. That's awesome. <laughs> That's cool. So, were you putting these in together were you putting these together to make short films back then, too? Or were you just kind of like... At that time, it was mostly
1: just messing around okay gotcha.
0: uh, I don't think I really knew
1: I was gonna go into film right away yeah I think it kind of just uh, happened I went to the school of the Arts on a summer program that the school that my high school actually got me to get into and I was right. like oh cool yeah. and I went in for Fine arts and I was there for the drawing for three months so I got to do these painting classes and drawing classes and uh, everyone on my hall my dorm hall were all these filmmakers okay and I met them and I talked to them and I uh, They were really cool, and um, it just really evolved from there because first thing I remember is my uh, teacher of one of my classes was like, you ain't never going to make money. Oh, wow. You ain't never going to make money. There's only been one Picasso. There's only been one Monet. Are you serious? There's only one Andy Warhol. Y'all ain't going to be the next Andy Warhol. And I was like, in my 15-year-old head, I was like, she's right.
0: Oh, no. (laughs) No. You
1: know, like, when you're 15, you think about, like, well to do what i want to do i gotta have money and you're just like okay how do i make money and you're like well it can't be this now i don't feel like it i think people yeah. really dog you dog creatives especially uh younger creatives like you ain't never gonna be able to make money doing what you love to do and i think that was kind of a turning point for me because i was like huh but all these filmmakers were on this dormway and uh they're like hey come watch our films that night we had the end of the year. We're gonna show all the movies. I like cool, and I watched all of the other movies. And I was like sitting there. And I was like, I can do better than this. Yeah, I can do better than these guys. Absolutely, because I realized at that moment that I grew up with films like so often. Like one of my first experiences was I was two and a half years old. and My dad took me. He was working as a projectionist uh, as one of his uh, jobs in the eighties, and I, he put me up in the projection booth. And I remember watching Predator at two and a half years old, and him pulling a spinal cord out of a human person's body, yes. and that was such a vivid memory, <laughs> but cinema's always been in my life. I remember watching Jaws every year before we went to the beach to scare myself to not go into the water, and like oh my just that intense fear of like, how movies can create an emotion and tell a story, that was always a part of me, and I realized at that moment, I was like, well, I, I want to do comic books. Comic books
0: are stories. Comic yeah.
1: books are basically film storyboards. Exactly. That's and all that's kind of where it just evolved from there
0: that's incredible so at that moment where you just like you know what screw that teacher i'm going to pursue this yes and so when you transitioned to college yes how was that would you were you like okay i'm going in there to do filmmaking so
1: right away i went to piedmont community college okay. um because my parents were having a hard time trying to figure out how to get me because i wanted to go to school of the arts after that but right. it tuition was way too much yeah um but i found in yanceyville piedmont community college and uh what an incredible two-year program that was Mm -hmm. i got to do camera lighting sound editing makeup wardrobe everything right and it was probably that's what created me to be who i am today yeah and uh man from there i was like i don't know what i wanted to do yeah at first i thought i wanted to be a cinematographer then i was like well maybe i want to be an editor because you okay. got to do a little bit of everything, mm-hmm. and I kind of was a jack of all trades for a while. Like mm-hmm. just kind of do a little bit of everything just to make it by, you know. Like people are gonna hire you for a set. You're like, well, Jeremy knows how to do this. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, yeah, let me let me do, let me light your movie. Yeah, you know. And then like, oh, well, Jeremy knows how to uh, do makeup. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll put some. Oh, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, I'll do some appliance makeup for you. You know. So it really, it was like. The one time, like, you know, 17 to 19 years old, I was like, man, this is so awesome. I was meeting yeah. all these other creatives, and it's such a collaborative thing. It was so intense and amazing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That is wild. So I want you to talk a little bit on the experience through the classes. Was it sure. pretty challenging, or how, how was that? How was that?
1: Um, Some were challenging more than others. Of course, you had to go through, like, your regular classes. And yeah, like, yeah man,
0: whatever Yeah. But, like,
1: film history was awesome. Just yeah. learning about... All these techniques and how they're applied today versus the past really made me think about film theory, I guess you could say. Right. Um, But I loved cinematography class, getting my eye behind the camera, lining up a shot. Yeah. That was what really was awesome. People were starting to notice that I could uh, get a good shot. And that's awesome. And then just going through intensive programs, like I had a great mentor, Matt Moore Mm -hmm. or Matthew B Moore. Uh, He was the lighting and editing. Uh, Teacher, Mm -hmm. and he just he had a practicality about everything, and we did a lot of forty eight hour films projects together, and that's kind of like a boot camp every every year, like two two days of just crushing out a
0: movie. Oh my god! And I think
1: if anybody wants to be a filmmaker, that's what you want to do. You want to go through a crash course and learn how to be a filmmaker. Yeah. Do those because you'll start to figure out like, okay, how do I do this? This this I got to write this. Got to get this. Got to make all these things. Got to make magic literally happen in, in 48 hours. In two hours. days. Yes.
0: Oh, my gosh. So, I wanted, I'm i interested in that. So, sure. with these projects, was it, like, free range? Did you get a theme? Or how did that work?
1: They give you themes, and, like, so they'll say, like, prop, a line of dialogue, a character, and their uh, occupation.
0: Oh, my God.
1: And then you get to pull a genre out of the hat. Okay. So, after that, it's like, oh, you got murder mystery. Okay. Um, You got... um. Love story, yeah. romance, or something yeah. like that. Basically, you have to wrap that all together, and you got to have that piece of dialogue, and you have to make a six-minute short in forty-eight hours. Oh my God! Yeah.
0: And so, where are you like, when you picking like, I guess places to film, people to film. Was that all on you? Or did it have people ready for to use? Like, how'd that work?
1: I found people that would help me. Okay. Like, good. like okay like okay like the one movie that we have is called uh, that I made in two thousand eleven called What We Have. Uh-huh. It's like this little murder romance short. Yeah. Um. I basically had my producer tell me she pulled the, the genre out of the hat. We got romance. I was like, okay. And I was like, well, I want this to be an anti-romance film. Okay. So it's about a guy who kills his wife, and he buries her. But surprise, he has a, like anniversary party waiting for him when he gets home, but his wife's not there to yeah. greet everyone with him. And it's basically kind of like this Telltale Heart type of retelling. Yeah. And him just going through, well, what can I do? I guess I can just kill all the other guests, maybe. <laughs> and maybe that'll just solve the problem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so it's kind of like that. And um, like we had his genre. He was a mechanic, repairman, stuff like that. And there was a line of dialogue. I can't remember the line of dialog it's, yeah, it's all good. almost eight years. But yeah. it's like. We had all these characters. I had my producer call up all these people like, "All right, we're making a party scene, so we just need a ton of extras." I had this one actor who was really great. His name is Jeremy Blackford. Mm-hmm. Um, just great actor, good at uh, emotions with his eyes. And then a bunch of other cast like Katie Sink, uh, Jess Speak. They were just they rounded it out and it was it was awesome. And we made that film. I think I finished shooting it in 12 hours and then
0: the rest was just editing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So you didn't sleep? No, (laughs) not at all. No sleep. That's insane. So how did you feel when all that was complete and you saw the finished product? I was
1: relieved. First of all, I was like, I couldn't believe I did it. That was the first one that I directed and edited and wrote all by myself compared to all the other ones I was always like a shooter or an editor on. So for me, it was like, oh, thank God, (laughs) it's over with. And it was awesome. People got to see it. Uh, uh, That's always the most... uh, (laughs) <laughs> intense embarrassing weird feeling yeah, is someone looking yeah. at your work you know yeah, yeah. and you're like oh god I would have done this differently or yeah uh, yeah. but uh it was awesome uh, I think for me
0: um it was one of the highlights of my uh short film career exactly that's awesome so was there only one of those throughout your throughout college or was there more than one
1: uh, I had plenty of other short films there was one called My Name is Francesca okay um okay. it was about like this teenage girl who uh who's very angsty, going through college life, going through, you know, problems, and she wanted to kill herself, basically, gotcha, and she gotcha. wanted to use that as a humor source, and other stuff, like, you know, she would go to, um, basically, like, Suicide Anonymous clubs, and just mm-hmm. kind of listen to people's grief stories, and just kind of, almost, I would want to say, get off on it, like, she finds it humorous that people wanted to kill themselves until she meets someone that oh, wow. really affects her, yeah. because she doesn't yeah. realize... Maybe she's going through depression and stuff too, but right. the way she sources it through humor, right? And uh, a little bit was that at the time I was going through a little depression myself, and I think okay. I was kind of sourcing that through the film, gotcha. and I was trying to work stuff out. Gotcha. And I think it came out as a great little film. Right, um, I loved it, um, but I didn't get it didn't get as much exposure as I'd hoped for. Oh, Technology okay. changed so quickly in the last. Oh yeah, I didn't think about that. Ten years. Yeah. I I always say like I said I uh, grew up in the wrong time maybe two 10 years early or 10 years late right um right if i was 10 years earlier i might be the next kevin smith (laughs) if i was lucky because everyone's shooting on film and stuff right exactly but then if i was 10 years later i would totally understand youtube i was out when youtube was born oh god yeah and no one wants to watch like serious films on youtube right they right. wanted to watch more viral content, and yeah, I had exactly. to. Quick. Yeah, I had to adapt to that. Yeah. So I have some stuff that was on like Huffington Post, but it's like silly videos that I don't have a l- emotional attachment to. But it's like, well, you know, it's uh, funny jokes and people love that, you know. So it spreads quickly. You know? Right. Shows, you know, I was like, oh, this video got on the Today on NBC. That's it's just, crazy. It's just something I edited within like, you know, 20 minutes. But that's what sparked it. And it gets almost a million views. And you're like, wow, okay. Something that
0: quick. And I guess, is it pretty easy to make those type of videos? I,
1: for me, it was. It's yeah. always like a spark of inspiration. Like, uh, I remember one was Jim Carrey wrote this weird letter to Emma Stone. Yeah. And I was like, well, it'd be funny if he was doing it as Ace Ventura and talking out his butt. <laughs> <laughs> and I did that. And I put it out. And that's what got on Huffington Post like within like two hours.
0: That's nuts so how'd that work back then as far as you getting exposure that quickly
1: it was weird like I would hit a few outlets like now most people probably put it on reddit or something like that exactly I, I had some friends who were connected to like you know up rocks and stuff like that so mm-hmm. I was like hey here's a video and like yeah. and like it's just content if you want it and once in a while they'll throw it up there and that would just spread immediately wildfire and you'd like next thing you know I wake up in the morning I'm like 350,000 views.
0: That's crazy. Like, wow. All right.
1: Oh my gosh. So you're like, at some point, you're like, should
0: I just do this? Like, <laughs> <You gotta make laughs> viral, viral content?
1: Yeah. And I do it occasionally now. I don't do it as much as I used to. I yeah. really, it was fun though. It was an outlet. Like, I did this whole thing with Precious, Precious 2. I saw that on YouTube. <laughs> it's just silly stuff. Yeah. You know, it's just, it, I did that when I was sick because I was bored. I was yeah. like, oh, this
0: would be funny. <laughs> <laughs> no disrespect to Precious. I love that film. Yo, shout <laughs> out to Precious. That was actually a really good movie. It is. Um, So, back to college in this. I want to get the overall, kind of your overall opinion of Piedmont Community College. Yeah. So, was that school, were they pretty, were they pretty hands-on or were they pretty, like, let you do your own thing?
1: Yeah. So, I actually have, uh, went to Piedmont Community College and UNCG. Okay, Um, Okay, perfect. Yeah. So, the hands-on at PCC is remarkable. Okay. Um, It may have changed now, but back when I went in 2003... Uh, it was uh, really hands on. You got to touch all the cameras. You got to mess with all the lightings. They told you how everything worked. Perfect. Uh, you immediately just jumped right into the seat of editing. They're like, here's a film that we shot last semester. Just edit it. Let's see what happens. Oh, wow. And like, sometimes they give you the script, sometimes they wouldn't. And they just wanted to see what you were able to come up with with limited knowledge and just trying to learn on your own. Yeah. Which I think is the greatest thing a, any artist can do is Absolutely. just learn on your own. Mm-hmm. And it was fun. It, they made it fun uh it didn't feel like i was being taught of a textbook exactly you know it exactly. was awesome being on set going places and just having fun yeah
0: that's amazing um so uncg so why uncg how'd, uh, that, how'd that
1: happen well first of all my parents wanted me to get a four-year degree no oh, okay like you got the gotcha. two but no one's gonna take you serious <laughs> right I was, like, I was like all right i always had that growing up was uh you always had to have a four-year degree so yeah, i was like okay exactly. I heard that too. <laughs> so i went and it was fine i mean no disrespect to uncg yeah, but no, no, no. the program is completely different right it was more textbook it was more mm-hmm. um theory based and like there's like you know there's like there's just they have rules i guess you could say yeah and if you don't follow them you're kind of like not in the in crowd yeah, yeah, yeah exactly and uh I was always kind of on the outskirts anyway so right. i came in already had a two-year degree and i was like i'll just kind of lay low right and you can only lay low so f- for so long until so yep. people are like well jeremy does how to do this i'm like oh god it's like no shh no, <laughs> no i just want to get through these classes get my degree and get out of here because <laughs> i you know i miss working with all my friends who graduated from ppcc they were already shooting on you know films like goodbye solo and a lot of oh, that's crazy yeah a lot of amazing films that were made here and like i was like i want to be doing that but i had to give up four years to get another degree and i in the long run i'm happy i got it yeah but it is kind of like that missed opportunity again I'm right like, oh, man what if i was doing that still instead of the, being in his classroom or whatever being
0: taught stuff i already know yeah you're sitting there it's like oh my god and you guys <laughs> that, i guess you have media study that you want to do yes yeah i gotcha gotcha well did you any, do any internships or anything like that um
1: no i kind of the cool thing about uh filmmaking once you know it everyone's just kind of like wanting to hire you oh so it's like hey you want to do this i'm like yeah yeah How, does it pay yeah okay <laughs> you're like cool and you know pay might be one day like oh it's just a 100 bucks a day or 60 bucks a day and you're like okay that's fine back then yeah this is like whatever but it didn't yeah it wasn't a big deal like i did maybe some uh internship work with uh christopher play martin (laughs) uh when he was trying to start up a studio up in north carolina uh he wanted to do some music video stuff and uh i kind of helped him out with um some stuff for the uh the uh i forgot what it's called now it doesn't matter anyway working with him i probably did some internship stuff but everything else is like everyone's paying you pretty much because they know it's a lot of hard work and you're working longer than 12 hours most days and especially uh, if you're selling small budget films, they're like, "All right, we got to treat you at least right. At least we're going to feed you good and get you some a little
0: pay." Mm-hmm. So that's crazy. That's cool though. That's perfect. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess after you got uh, done with UNCG, mm-hmm. um, what were you doing after you graduated? It's probably the scariest part for most people. Like, how did you like? How'd you, like, you kind of, I guess, find your way to making money and sure. supporting yourself?
1: Uh, I started doing some commercial freelance work. Mm-hmm. Um, I started working at a post house called Two Two Three Post, which is no longer around. Yeah. But I was editing commercials for like local banks, uh, the lottery, the North Carolina Lottery. Oh, wow. uh, Adidas and uh, Delta. I did a lot of stuff for Delta.
0: Wow. Uh,
1: like the hardest project I ever worked on was translating uh, in twenty six languages for over twenty something planes. Uh, their instructional video on how to buckle up and put on safety masks and all that stuff. Oh my god! And it was a uh, that was a challenge because twenty sit languages. Yeah, you had to do it for every plane they had.
0: Oh, <laughs> oh my god! And every
1: plane you didn't. I didn't realize how different planes were. <laughs> yes, very much so. Uh, yeah, so that was a uh, that was a challenge, and that was that was one time I worked seventy two hours straight.
0: What? Yeah
1: that's that was because they had a tight deadline and it yeah. was like
0: right before christmas so like, yeah you have you have like three days yeah and
1: <laughs> I, I stayed up all three of those <laughs> i did not sleep i maybe went a little delirious in the last few de- hours of it uh, people would be talking and you're like take like two minutes
0: to respond like yeah yeah, yeah. i heard you <laughs> <laughs> they said that was through you said t 3 house uh 223
1: yeah. yeah post yeah, yeah.
0: Was that like an agency? It was kind
1: of like just a little post house agency. Like agencies would hire us like Trone or uh, any other agency nearby. Um, They would basically work with us and we'd basically do all their video content. Right. So like Syngenta would be a customer for them. And then we'd do all the video content for Syngenta. Right. And, Right. uh, And then there would just be other people that would come in and out. So for a while I was doing that and then I was just doing freelance on the side anyway. Exactly. So anybody who had a project I would edit produce shoot whatever you need it um i did a lot of stuff with like um cvs pharmacies um i did some stuff with uh wow that's crazy some beer uh in brazil called skull yeah uh which was cool i mean it was great and then i've done some stuff with like american express and stuff like that so mastercard and all those guys
0: that's amazing and for the people who don't know can you? Because a lot of people wonder how photographers get these gigs with big brands, you sure. know. Sure. So can you tell us what an agency is?
1: Oh, okay. So an agency is basically um, they act as like someone who represents the brand that they're uh, trying to help create content for. Yeah. So like you know, if Mastercard's wanting to do a commercial about like this new system they have in place. They want to make it in a creative way. They ask this marketing team to basically, or this agency to design this concept. And then from that concept, they're going to need so many different ways. Mm-hmm. They're going to need like print work. They're going to need uh, video work. They're going to need billboards, now social media. Yep. Uh, you name it. And basically, they would hire out all these pieces. Sometimes they do stuff in house, but most of the times they actually hire out to freelancers and other right. people right. and bid on the job. Right. So you're like, okay, I can do that project for this amount. And if it's in their budget that they said it would be for MasterCard, they kind of work together and basically say yeah we'll we'll pick this guy to do it we like his vision we like what he's doing we've seen his work yeah it's just kind of like you make like a demo of like here's how i do it here's my pitch here's like a style card of like how everything will look and if you have time you can make like a little video to kind of go along with it to basically pitch to them so they're like oh man this that's what i want
0: that's pretty crazy and i've recently discovered well i I knew what agency was years ago but like it's it's very fascinating because usually they have, agencies usually represent a lot of artists, so mm-hmm. that's cool that you get to work with that many. Oh, yeah. Um, And you trans. okay, so after that you transition to being freelance.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. yeah.
0: This episode is brought to you by Zipster. If you need a website that stands out and is completely customizable, then make it easy and fast. Get yours with no setup fee at zipster.com slash free pizza. And back to the episode. How was, I- how was... Reaching out to brand because back then you didn't have like your Instagrams, you didn't have any of that. So how how'd that work back then? <laughs> you had
1: to do a lot of direct contact. Yeah. Even now, I still kind of do direct contact right. if I'm really wanting to talk to someone, um, like through their social media channels. Like you can go directly to their Facebook, talk to them, or you would just find like their website and just really dial into them. And say hey, I'm interested in this. Um, or you just build relationships with these agencies that are local yeah um, Once they start to know who you are they're gonna start coming to you more often mm-hmm. anyway yes. um, Once in a while they'll fly in someone some hot shot I guess you could say oh, like, <laughs> yeah. well, we know a guy in New York who can do this I'm like well I could do it too I, and I'm right here and I could <laughs> probably cost half the money <laughs> and not a plane ticket and, yeah, but you know That's just what agencies do sometimes they like to do that. Um, yeah, and it depends how big their budget is right. sometimes they they want to spend money to feel like they've earned something i guess you could say in right the quality project but yeah i think it's just building relationships with people and exactly. it's really it is very um collaborative in the end right i mean every person i've worked with is someone i've worked with since probably pcc yeah i mean it's yeah. crazy like how far that connection goes almost
0: 20 years later yeah that's amazing and uh, How'd you over, were there any moments of doubt in that freelance period where you were just like, maybe it was a dry period, you were like, I don't know if I can do this or anything like that?
1: I would say right after uh, UNCG uh, graduating, yeah. there was like 2009, it was right after the economy kind of fell apart.
0: Oh, yes, yes,
1: yes, yes. Boy, no one wanted to spend money on anything. <laughs> yeah, I remember I, that. So, uh, it was a dry spell and it really didn't pick up till I got hired to do some stuff for Discovery Channel. I started going to Japan and I... Was there for three months shooting uh, stuff for Whale Wars and yes. other documentaries. Yes. Like, uh, we did this thing for Dolphins. It was kind of right after the Cove came out, that documentary. Mm-hmm. And someone was doing a follow up video wanting to document the same thing for Discovery. Right. Uh, it was, uh, that's basically where that dry spell ended. But it went into a different territory of like living on a boat, living in hotels, oh, traveling all of Japan, which was really cool. But uh, getting to where those dolphins are being. Uh, Oh, yeah! Kill that uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you That's find rough. out how that town is uh run by fishermen, and it's pretty crazy, yeah, they're it's... like a uh, little mob or something, yeah, and we started getting barred from uh restaurants and bars uh we'd go back to our hotels, stuff be turned over our our oh. our video cards would be taken, our lenses would be broken, like they would just totally uh not having it we'd be followed by white vans, places, and oh my God, and
0: we'd have to have police escorts sometimes it was uh, it was intense. Yeah, I was. I was actually going to you answer that for me. I was gonna ask you like <laughs> because I was, that's that's a very controversial thing, and they know that. That's probably why they were doing all that stuff. Yeah, you know, it was, so it was how'd crazy. how did you how that trip ended up coming out? Did you get your footage, or did we? You... We got the we got most
1: of the footage. A lot of it, I think, it ended up in the producer's hands, but yeah. I don't know what actually turned at that project. That was mostly I was hired to be a shooter. Right. Uh, I, it was like a multi stacked project. So shooting stuff with World War, shooting stuff for that dolphin thing. And then I was shooting stuff for CES, the uh, expo over there, which is, like, all their consumer electronics show. Yeah. Uh, so I got to shoot stuff for that. That's where I got to see, like, the first Leaf, Nissan Leaf, and all oh, these wow. like, Back robots. Oh, the wow, Yeah, so it was pretty cool. Like, That's 2010, crazy. it was, like, amazing, like, just being over there, seeing 3D, 3D-less glasses, TVs, and stuff like that. You're like... Man, this is the future. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Obviously,
0: they're way ahead of you know yeah. us in a lot of those aspects. So, mm-hmm. I guess after that, you said kind of when the kind of dry spell kind of ended. So, mm-hmm. we're a lot of businesses reaching back out to you and all yeah, that.
1: Yeah, I kind of settled into some freelance jobs again, and I did some stuff with two to three till I actually got let go um due to just they were going through some financial struggles, and he couldn't keep a lot of employees there, and it was yeah. only three of us. Yeah, and I guess. The way, the way he broke it to me which still I don't I don't know how I feel about it he's like well everyone else can uh, you know needs the job you can find work elsewhere and oh. I was like is that like a compliment or because I don't like it very backhanded <laughs> yeah because I'm like you know I was like oh man that's cool uh, I guess so it's like... so I settled into another uh, a corporate job after that and that was very different from anything I've okay. dealt with at the time uh, I was doing a lot more corporate videos um, taking some of my commercial work concepts and just bringing that and remixing it because a lot of corporate videos can be quite dull. Mm-hmm. You know, they they have to be very strict with what they can say, what they can do, what mm-hmm. they look like. But I was trying to break ground over there, as you could say, because um, this company had been around for about 30 years and oh, wow. they needed some fresh material. And right. for a while, it was like three years of just making new content, getting new eyes on it, and really utilizing YouTube. Because they had over like a hundred thousand customers using their platform and driving content there, so they know how to share it with people. And it was, it was really different because that's where I really understood that. Wow, you can use YouTube as a tool, mm-hmm. um, not just for you know watching videos, but actually s- social sharing. I guess is what they call yep. it now. Yep. Um, and get people influenced by like video content and um, just helping people tell a
0: story without them actually having to say it. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, being at... Obviously, it's super different from being freelance. Mm-hmm. Um What were some of the, I guess, your immediate cons of being... <sighs> other than the lack of probably total creative control, was there anything else that you were just like, oh, I don't like this?
1: Well, yeah, the lack of creative control. I always felt like I was on a seat, uh, just flying off the seat of, yeah. Like, you had to make something. Yeah. Um, I think the employers were... Uh, I don't want to say who, but they were very, yeah, they were very, um, you were on the clock all the time. Right. So I would be like, get a phone call at 2 a.m. Hey, we need this video by 4 a.m. Oh my God. And you're like, well, this is not even cut. (laughs) like, (laughs) but you got to get it uploaded and sent to them so they can see it by 4 a.m. But they really don't watch it till 7 a.m. But they want to still have it. Right. So always being on the clock. It was very stressful. Flying all over the country. Uh... And just not knowing if you're doing a good job all the time. That was very stressful. Especially, I just got married during that time period, too. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, you know, that's a strain on a relationship. Flying everywhere and then constantly having to worry about work instead of anything else. Yeah. I just had to get out of that environment because it was consuming me. It made me... I I physically didn't feel well. Like, I just... It made me feel sick all the time.
0: That's insane. So... I guess transition from there I guess you quit. Yeah, That's uh it. I was luckily
1: my next door neighbor uh posted this thing she got from LinkedIn from my current uh CEO. Mm-hmm. And she's like, hey, is anybody looking for, you know, do some video work? I was like, I'm interested in looking oh, for yes. some video work. She's like, well, it needs to be someone who wants to do it full time. like, I am interested. Yes, I'm interested. Okay. <laughs> and I met with them. They were awesome. Uh, the environment is completely different. Yes. Like, uh, the fact that I could go in wearing shorts or any type of clothes that I wear now yeah. uh, compared to the other place, I had to wear a suit and tie all the time while filming, which is not... Not very uh, practical. Not at all. <laughs> it's like no. I'm at a wedding every weekend.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um. So it was like uh, it was completely different, and I got hired there to be just a video guy for right. a while, and I was, I, was so excited. I got there, um, started making all this new content. I met some great people right away. It was a guy named Hashim Warren. I met him. He was a, uh, me and him had a real, uh, I don't know. We just meshed really well together, and he was able to like tell me how he does content writing and taking his content writing and evolving that into film making and video he started understanding how from my perspective how commercial works because he's like oh i'm just used to writing blogs and content but you make it make sense in a video format because i don't think i can make that make sense so taking something that would be like two minutes long to read you can't do that in video right be boring you got right. a b- less than two minutes at this point <laughs> is uh what people want to watch i mean it's getting shorter and shorter yes it is <laughs> and uh we took that and we just worked so well together it was uh we worked one year together and then he left to Aww. go to another job and it was that was hard for me but in his absence that's when they decided to give me the creative director job oh wow um it was he actually told them that I should be the creative director while he was resigning. And I thought that was like, I was just blown away. Yeah. The fact that he thought my vision for the company and he's like, you actually do care about where this company goes. And I did, I really truly cared like about the vision, how to make this company stronger, how to make it appeal to younger demographics and stuff like that. Like I really, really did care beyond just video. And, uh, It was honored when they decided to put me in that position because now I had not just video control, but the entire everything. Yeah, And it's like, it's crazy. I wake up every morning. I'm like, what am I going to do today now? Yeah, that's awesome. (laughs) You know, and it's like, I get to be what people see immediately on the page now. It's like my concepts, my ideas, where can we go? Yeah. Uh, And this goes beyond just like aesthetics. It goes beyond, it goes to like what products we should be creating, what Mm -hmm. services we should be promoting. Uh, what types of services do our clienteles want? Yeah. And that's been amazing for me and our company. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. And this
0: is well, how, what what year was this?
1: Uh, so I started there in two thousand fourteen. By twenty fifteen
0: I was their awesome.
1: creative director. So in been, one year.
0: That is really impressive. Thank you. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, and that's you know, you've definitely done your time, you've done a lot of work and you it's definitely well deserved and Gosh, I guess four years later.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's been awesome. Yeah. I mean, I think the main focus at the end of the day is I've always been a storyteller. Yeah. yeah. And now I get to tell the story of a business and a company and how we care. Right. Um, and that differentiates us from other you know com- competitors is like, why do we differ? And I love telling that story. Yeah. And it could be fun. It could be playful. It could be aggressive. Exactly. And I think that's the fun part now is. What type of story do I want to tell people? What yeah. type of business do I want us to be? You right. Know? So. right.
0: I'm glad you mentioned this. And obviously, I'm a huge fan of Photo Business Zipster. But to let people know that you can find jobs that work for people where it's fun. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of people were like, I don't, work, I don't want to be freelance. I don't want to work for anyone, blah, blah, blah. I was like, no, nah, you can still find places that are actually very fun to work at. You have creative control. Yeah. And they allow you to use, you know, your own imagination. Yeah definitely so that's really awesome um i want to take a step back from the business for a second because sure, sure. i know you do a lot of personal work for yeah. yourself mm-hmm. so what are you what other stuff are you shooting these days I know, on your youtube channel you have music videos oh. you have the viral videos you have small documentaries so like what are you doing most now
1: oh man it's it's kind of come back around full circle like i kind of my last short film that i made was in 2011 and mm-hmm. it was kind of last 48 hours and i was like you know Maybe I'm just kind of done with this. I'd rather focus on commercials. Right. And after that, I went into um, helping my friend that I hadn't talked to in a while, Mm -hmm. Uh, especially after I got married and been doing all these corporate jobs. He's like, hey, I want to start a production company back up. Okay. And I was like, okay, what do you want to do? He's like, well, I want to focus on some music videos. So we started doing some music video content. Um for some, like, local bands, but also, like, bands that knew his previous company. His previous company was uh, K.O.T.K. Productions, and they worked with, like, bands like I Wrestled a Bear once and stuff like that. Oh,
0: my God. Kill He Dead. Yeah. Kill Whitney Dead. Oh, and those guys, dude. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> Justin Beasley
1: was the director, and uh, we did a lot of content back in the day, but after I had to get corporate jobs and do freelance, I kind of fell out of like working with them yeah so now I follow back in working with them and now he has a new company called uh, Ye Productions whoa that's crazy <laughs> <laughs> so we're doing more video content and he's been writing a horror movie script that he's hoping to pitch uh, in the next uh, year yeah um, so we are I'm helping him refine that and kind of figure out like what it's gonna be he's got most of the stuff figured out but it's just refining it at this point and we hope to make it sooner than later.
0: Um, yeah, yes, that is awesome. So it's cool that you still have your work balance, but you're also able to do something that you're personally interested in.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's the key to any creative. you got to have balance. I yeah. think a lot of yeah. creatives feel like they either can't make money doing what they do, or they have to abandon their creativity to yes, make money. exactly. And I feel like I've lucked out and made a balance my whole life. And now that I have a family stuff, I really... I need those moments now to kind of keep uh, creativity alive. My my wife always complains. All you do is talk about work. Well, it's not work to me. It's what I love to do. Yeah. It's creativity. Exactly. It's, we're not talking about work. We're talking about stuff and projects and things we really want to make. You know, yeah. and that's different from work to me. Like right. I go to sleep thinking about projects. And, you know, <laughs> like it's it's what I it's it's what makes me me. You know, like right. having those moments to share with people. Like, what do you want to do with this? I don't know. Maybe we should do this. You know, and. I think you gotta have that outlet,
0: otherwise, I don't know man. Exactly, exactly, that's nuts. So <laughs> what's your day to day life at PhotoBiz, like what's your, I'm sure every day is very different. Sure. Um, so just give us a little brief summary of kind of how your day looks.
1: Sure, uh, the first thing I do is I, uh, I get in around 7.30 in the mornings, I'm usually the first person there, if not the first person, and um, I go through. I kind of see how many sales we've had the previous day. Mm -hmm. I go through and kind of plan out the next projects for the week, especially if it's on a Monday. And I kind of task my team, who is amazing people. I got Ashley Acevedo, who uh, is a web designer. She does all my stuff for the corporate site. Shout out. Uh, Meredith Walsh, she also is a great designer. She does a lot more stuff for the Zipster portion Mm -hmm. of the company, but she also does a lot of emails and all our campaigns like that. And then Mm -hmm. I have a content writer, Holly uh, Harris and she helps me kind of figure out what our message is going to be because I might not be the best of words (laughs) when it comes to that but she's really helped make it make sense for other people right Um, and I basically just kind of plan out what our week's going to be, what our projects are going to be, what's the upcoming projects for the next three months and I just kind of go through all these things, I go through how did our ad campaigns go on Google how did our ad campaigns go on Facebook Mm -hmm. Bing and all this stuff Uh, how are our videos playing uh... I have to check our social media. I am our social media guy pretty much and mm-hmm. so I have to check and see if people like our stuff, did they comment on it, um, what strategy do we want to implement on it. So I'll have like, Meredith make this, uh, I think this is the direction we should go for a while on social media. Like we created this whole hashtag and this hashtag content for the last year has already got 2000 hashtags on mm-hmm. it, you know, small but it's growing and that's yeah. the part that I love about it because a year ago we had none. Right. So to go right. there to almost 3000 people posting with that hashtag just so they get their content shared by us. That's amazing to me. And just looking at our day-to-day stuff, um, what services are working, what's not working mm-hmm. and how to, you know, either amp up
0: one or get rid of the other. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm glad you mentioned that cuz obviously you have a big deal, you have a big uh, you're beginning the marketing of the place of mm-hmm. Zipster and PhotoBiz too. So what are some of the roadblocks that you've kind of come across and how have you overcome those? sure
1: Uh, I think one of the roadblocks for Photobiz I'll talk about that first Photobiz you know is an older company it's been around for about 14 years it Mm -hmm. started in 2004 Um, they had this huge boom cycle that happened in like the mid 2000 uh late 2000, maybe 2008, Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people were becoming photographers using their platform and this is when flash was amazing but we had to evolve the technology and iPads kinda changed everything for everyone so like HTML became the thing so we had to evolve to that technology and the biggest roadblock for that is customer base, it skewed a little bit higher at first but we've slowly been whittling that down to finding we get maybe 24 to 44 year year old demographic and when I first got there, they were, there were some problems with the sales. It was it was getting to about 30 to 90 days just for one person in, to make a purchase. And that's oh, wow. incredibly slow. Yeah, that's really now, slow. Now, in the last four years, we've whittled it down to at most seven days. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. So it was a big change knowing what was working, what was working. And most of it was our corporate site needed refinement. When mm-hmm. I first got there, there was a, a guy in charge that kind of... Changed the perspective of PhotoBiz that it was more about all creatives, which is fine, but it really kind of took away the heart and soul of PhotoBiz, and that's photographers. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't think of a break dancer or uh, a makeup artist really for PhotoBiz. I would think of that more for or maybe, because that's more small businesses and freelancers and stuff like that. Um, so it was a challenge creating new content based on a brand that already exists mm-hmm. without alienating the customers that were already there right and then keeping those customers uh that were there um, actively interested and in not leaving that's the next goal is just keeping people wanting to stay there
0: yes yeah yes
1: and that's the challenge for any business
0: yeah, yeah exactly and i was just going to ask you with the rise of squarespace and mm-hmm. wits and GoDaddy and all that so how have y'all kind of kept afloat with I guess all those guys.
1: Sure. I say the internet got beautiful in 2011. Yeah. <laughs> That's right around when Squarespace decided they were the thing. Yeah. And I think uh, because they had investors and stuff, they had multi million dollars to work with. Exactly. I mean, I think their budget last year was like $600 million for Jeez. marketing. That's just for marketing. That might be Wix. It's one of those guys. Yeah. Right. Either way. Either, Either way. one. The big guys. Yeah. Right. Yeah. $600 million to market themselves. Wow. Yeah. That's. An
0: incredible budget
1: <laughs> yeah so we're a little bit more niched than those guys the right. thing is like for other customers they're just a drop in a bucket for them mm-hmm. so you sign up with them they're like uh, if they lose you uh. for us like we really cater to our customers we want to have this like close relationship with them yeah like a business partner or just a friend we want them to be able to know that we're going to be there for them and that's for zipster and Photobiz. like right. we understand small businesses needs are different from photographers but We've really refined those over the last years and mm-hmm. trying to focus in on what they want. Yeah. But it's still the same goal is have great care for our customers because I mean not every person is web savvy. Yeah. I mean most people can't build a website. And if they, they do, they great, they probably are younger, but like, <laughs> yeah. you know, older, you know, a lot of older people they either grew up with like front page or some other type of web builder mm-hmm. and then or WordPress and those guys are fine but they're they They need a lot more care and attentive uh you need to know html or some type of code to really get by and that's tough for someone who didn't grow up with it right now someone who code they can probably be good on any platform platform, you know um so we really try to make it easier for people and i think that's the biggest thing for us is make it easy and then just be there for people because a lot of the problems that we notice our customers just need they want help but they don't know how to ask for it because it's frustrating to ask. Right. Right. And we try to make us, an, you know, an open door. Like, hey, whatever you need. Hey, we noticed this is not right. You want to do this? Hey, you need an email marketing campaign. You want us to help you make that? Yes. That's kind of where we we find a niche. Is like, we'd be a little bit more like an agency style, without the agency price. Right. And that's where I think we found a strong footing.
0: Right. Um, i I. I want to say this from f- personal experience, guys. Um, they are absolutely amazing because when we first got the website we definitely had a bunch of questions. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I was texting Ashley like for a week straight trying to figure it out and she (laughs) was and you both were just very responsive and I highly recommend going to these guys and checking them out and they do amazing work so thank you. From me thank you very much. Yeah thank you. Um, So I want to ask you this so from your point now in your career your career director or whatever mm-hmm. looking back at it do you think you could have did it without college
1: could have done it without college maybe not as much college right I think if I just had it two years I right. think I might have still had the same path right. maybe a different way to get there right um, but I think I think having that hands-on experience has been super valuable yeah. and not just getting your hands on it but n- having someone describe and tell you like this is why things need to be this way is valuable because I mean you can pick up a camera almost no. anybody can pick up a camera exactly now. I mean it's on our phones now so exactly. you can make great content and some people yeah you can learn on your own there now you can school yourself through YouTube mm-hmm. you just need to get some education to refine yourself right and then it's just it comes purely down to your own talent level I think at that point I mean I might have been able to do it without clutch but I might not I don't know if I would have gone as far on the journey
0: exactly you exactly know? You know, and that's just kind of the that's a big I guess decision a lot of people have to make or a lot of people make themselves make when they go into creative fields is like, Oh, I could go to school for this but I'm not going to where I'm going to because you'll get me this far. So mm-hmm. I've always I like to ask everyone how they feel about that, you know, years after college. And the big so. the biggest
1: thing I have to say is you don't have to go to the biggest fanciest school yes to get the education that you want absolutely that was something 16 17 year old me didn't realize because yeah. i went to that summer program and after that i was like well i gotta go to the school of the arts <laughs> i got to <laughs> mom i gotta go yeah um yeah. but she's like no 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 we'll go to this other one it's like 2000 a year you know yeah, we'll it's, go it's, there. Yeah. I'm Like, Ugh. but i got there and it was the most amazing experience i ever got and you loved
0: it i loved it that's amazing yeah that's cool so i want to hear something about some of your um your inspirations you um, people that you look up to that inspire your work
1: okay sure uh, I think uh, the younger me would have said a lot of comic book artists like Tom McFarlane um, Oh, absolutely uh, Mark Waringo uh, he passed away a couple years ago um, yeah but there's a lot of comic book artists in that era um, other than that um, people I look up to for filmmaking Spielberg was a huge influence on me I mean like I said Jaws I watch it every year I still go to the beach. Yeah, I still do. I still watch it. It's a huge movie to me. It's very important. Yeah. Uh the characters, the story it tells. It's yeah. Not just about a shark. You know, it's it's about men figuring out who they are. Yeah. Um David Fincher was a huge influence on me as well. Uh yeah. seven, I could watch that all the time. Yes. Amazing storytelling, the Great. visuals. He he and Ridley Scott like brought a visual aesthetic that I have always found a pleasing, like I can watch Alien. Alien on Blu-ray still looks like a brand new film that was shot today. And it's amazing yeah. how good the quality in that movie is over 40 years old. So good. You're so like, good. You're like, wow, how did they do that? And it's just <laughs> in Blade Runner, same thing. You're like, wow, this movie is incredible. Yes. It's like 38, 36 years old. And you're like, wow, it still looks new. It still looks great. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why some filmmakers are able to do that and others aren't. Um, Paul Thomas Anderson was a huge influence on me as a filmmaker. Um Boogie Nights, um, mm-hmm. there'll be blood.
0: Yes, those are films that,
1: that I I love those character moments. I love the way he films things. He centers people. He's it, very character focused and I always I always really enjoyed how he let a camera linger on people, mm-hmm. and you could just see like you could feel whatever emotion they're feeling: dread, yep. happiness, yeah. confusion. Yeah. Um, now, <laughs> now my influences have kind of changed a lot. Uh, being a marketing person, I look at people like Elon Musk. Oh yes, um, absolutely. And he's just got an incredible like way that he's. I mean, name a CEO you could talk to that's like a billionaire, and you can. You can talk to him on Twitter, and Your he'll response. actually respond. It's, yeah. it's it's incredible. That's a it's a new way of thinking about stuff. And like he listens to his customers, and he's like, "Yeah, I'll do it," and <laughs> then he, he'll make it. And you're like, yeah. "Wow!" Uh, another person that surprisingly uh, I look up to is Gordon Ramsay. Oh wow. Um, nice. I think he just brings a quality of like like things should be certain ways mm-hmm. and I love that about him because it's you know it's for food but it's it applies to anything. Mm-hmm. Like a restaurant, you're gonna, you going to you got to make it a certain aesthetic. It has to be a certain cleanliness, it has to be plated a certain way. A rest, uh, you know, same thing with like website design and, and design in general like it has to be aesthetically pleasing. It has to capture someone's imagination or eye, or whatever you're trying to do with it. Same thing. It applies to everything creative-wise, yeah. and just as and, and crazy enough, he's just a foul-mouthed British man yes, he who is. loves to cook. And <laughs> I, I, I love
0: Master Chef. That's probably helps. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. That's a nice variety of influences. That was really. Uh, yeah. That was awesome to hear. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. So I guess, what's the future look like for you? Like, do you have any plans? Um,
1: I'm hoping to get this horror movie project. Mm-hmm. off the ground mm-hmm. in the next year or two mm-hmm. um, I'm having another kid so that'll be another yes. step for us so yes, I'm having a son uh, and uh, I just want to keep focusing on zipster and growing yeah. it. It's still relatively new yes um, and I want to make Photobiz the most you know important platform for photographers yeah and I want to make zipster the most important platform for uh, small businesses that's yeah. the, that's my
0: goals. that's amazing. That's very doable. I can't wait to see the horror film. Oh, yeah. Um, if you have a viewing for that, please let me and Jacob know because we're going to be there. Yeah. <laughs> that would be really awesome. Awesome. Um, but, yeah, so tell us some advice that you would give to some up-and-coming creators. Um, don't let people make you feel like you can't do something. Yeah. I think
1: part of my life growing up, I was kind of told I could never be anything. Mm-hmm. Um, or you'll never... Be be able to make yourself being a creative or taking a creative field is a wrong thing to do. Mm-hmm. I think I think I could be a standard for some people. Like, I have a pretty decent life. I, I, I'm i able to sustain myself. I have a family. Yeah. Um, I'm happy when I go to work. I enjoy working. Yes. And don't let people say you can't take, like, a, you got to be freelance to be happy. No, I think you can find these jobs that are here. Where people want to work together. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can still be collaborative and work for these companies that need it. And uh, I think that's the biggest takeaway is don't let people doubt what you can do. Don't let people tell you what is not going to work because you'll make it work.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's perfect. Yeah. dude thank you so much this has been oh, amazing man. yeah I enjoy being You're here I'm glad I finally got to meet you I mean I guess I went to Zipster one time you weren't there oh yeah um, <laughs> uh, sorry because he hates me people oh no <laughs> no <laughs> where can we find you on the internet
1: uh, well you can find me at all the Jeremy Hylers uh, for, <laughs> for for Twitter for uh, Instagram uh, for Facebook but most most of the time you can just find me my work uh, zipster.com uh, or photobiz.com yes uh, you'll see all the cool stuff that we're making
0: yes and if you're looking for website people zipster.com slash free pizza and you'll get a discount for fees and yes it's amazing and Jeremy's the man let us help your business yes and he would do it and they're very responsive and they're very just they just care about you and that's saying a ton so shout out to zipster and photobiz yeah me and Jacob appreciate you a lot thank you um but yeah so that's it all right yeah so thank you for coming thank you cool